If you or someone you know is having a stroke, time is crucial in helping determine their ability to recover. So, we're discussing pre-hospital stroke recognition and emergency care. This is Hello Healthy, a Dignity Health podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Joey Waller. Our guest, Dr. Zachary Bowles, Stroke Medical Director at Dignity Health, Mercy Medical Center in Merced. Dr. Bowles, thanks for joining us. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Well, first, what are the common stroke symptoms, both those that are noticeable and also those that may not be? Sure. I think most of us know someone with stroke or will know someone who's experienced stroke. And so there's a baseline awareness of the classic stroke symptoms. And those are things like droopy face and weakness in the arm. The American Heart Association has come out with a face mnemonic. And that's one I think a lot of people know or fast, which includes asymmetry in the face, weakness in the arms, S for slurred speech or, or difficulty finding words. And then the T just kind of emphasizing the importance of time once the things are recognized. So I think those are the common ones. Things people may not think about as commonly in regards to stroke are things like balance issues, difficulty with coordination, movement, or just inability to walk, vision changes, that may be one or both eyes total or partial loss of vision or blurriness. And then other things that are a little bit more tricky, things like confusion, which may be subtle, or things like severe headache, which is one of those concerning signs we think about in certain types of stroke that involve bleeding. So when a stroke happens, doctor, there's a saying, time is brain, which means what? So really that saying is emphasizing the fact that for every minute, second is passing, there is damage being done to cells inside the brain. And so in regards to the treatments that we now have to offer, that earlier that you're able to get to a hospital and get evaluated means we have more time to potentially provide one of those treatments and make more of a difference in outcome. And then speaking of which, that time immediately after the stroke has also been called the golden hour. What's taking place ideally during that time that makes that period so crucial? Yeah, so you hear it called the golden hour, and at a stroke center like Mercy Merced, that hour, that first hour is particularly important. That hour is the time period that we're aiming to complete all of our critical testing and decision-making, and if we're providing treatments, we aim to be able to give that treatment within that first hour, just because everything is so time-critical. And so what kinds of things are we talking about specifically there? So the first thing that's going to happen anytime that you come to the hospital and there's concern for stroke is, is the first stop is going to be the CT scanner. There are two main types of stroke. Most people have what's called an ischemic stroke. So that's a stroke that's caused by an occlusion somewhere in a vessel inside the brain. But there are a subset of people who have what's called a hemorrhagic stroke, and that's a stroke caused by bleeding inside the brain, and it's usually a rupture of a vessel somewhere. And the treatment is very different, including our treatment options. And so the only way for us to know that for sure is to do a CT scan. And then once that's done, what are the next steps in treatment? So for a long time, we were fairly limited in terms of treatment. We doctors were good at identifying when a stroke had occurred. Our imaging got better and better. We couldn't see specific structures that were affected. But really all of our modern treatment options have come to use within the last 30 years or so. So in 1996, the FDA approved a medication called the thrombolytic, and the commonly used one being TPA, although there are others now available. 
So that's an IV medication and it's an enzyme. So what it does is it breaks down blood clots, causing most of those ischemic strokes that we're talking about. So that's a medication that's approved right now for use within the first three hours after stroke, which is part of why that time period is so important, including the hours even before somebody gets to the hospital and why we really stress recognition. There's been data since then that's shown that perhaps this medicine's effective even as far as four and a half hours out from when we suspect the stroke started. And so the American Heart and Stroke Associations have approved that, although the FDA has not gone on to extend that approved time limit. So you're talking there about what, as you said, is known as TPA. And because there is something of a shelf life for its usage, as you also said, is it safe to say that oftentimes, unfortunately, whether or not that can be used and whether or not you can help someone to greatly recover from a serious stroke, it just comes down to how quickly they're gotten to, how quickly sometimes they're merely discovered because if it's someone living alone, for instance, and they have a bad attack, it might be too late to be able to give them that, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So all those things we try to make happen within the first hour after arrival to the hospital, but you think about those things, you know, the the time at home spent coming to the realization that maybe you or your loved one is having a stroke, making that decision whether or not to go to the hospital and then that transport time, that all factors into that three to four and a half hour goal. And that time goes by fast. That clock is ticking. And so let's backtrack for a moment because now that you've described that crucial period and why it is so, if a stroke is happening either to yourself or someone that you're with, the first thing you should do, am I right, is call 911 and you've got to be very specific about what you're feeling or witnessing. So what do you want to tell emergency personnel exactly? 911 is always the place to start. That way you can specify, and I would always use the word stroke if you're suspicious. Our emergency medical services dispatchers are in contact with hospital facilities and they know which facilities have the best capability to treat stroke and where they have the imaging that's needed, the specialists that are needed, and they can get that process started from the get-go, kind of ready the hospital personnel. The other benefit being that you already have professionals arriving at home or wherever this is occurring, and they're going to start gathering that crucial information, things about medical history, details of time course and symptoms. We'll check things that can mimic stroke, and we always want to do that. The treatment's very different. And they'll be able to to check for things like high or low extremes of blood sugar or blood pressure. And so by the time that you get to the hospital, we already have all that information in place. And the doctor and other members of the team are already ready. And so if you're having a stroke and you're able to, or if you're with someone that is, it's a good idea, isn't it, to also take notes, if at all possible, so that you can provide certain information to the professionals when they arrive. What should you be keeping track of? Absolutely. Now, the critical things, and if you're having a stroke or you're with somebody who is, you'll know when you get to the emergency department, you're going to be asked repeatedly what the time of onset was. We want to know exactly when those symptoms started because that kind of starts our clock for consideration of giving medications like TPA, like thrombolytics, and we really want to confirm that. And so having that detail, and if that's unknown, maybe nobody was there to witness when it started, the next best thing is if you're able to tell us when that person was last seen by somebody to be normal. We can kind of go by that time as a surrogate. That's definitely important. Other things that we take into consideration are factors like medical history. You know, has this person had a stroke before? 
Have they ever had a hemorrhagic stroke bleeding inside of the head? Those things factor into our decisions as far as whether or not this person's even a candidate for thrombolytics. Other things, you know, like there are other medical problems. Are they diabetic? Do they have a history of high blood pressure? Are they on any blood thinners? Things like aspirin or other platelet medications can all be important. Gotcha. Now, we also hear about mini strokes. What are those exactly? How do they differ from a full-blown one? And how are those dealt with? So those can be very similar in onset to a stroke. And when we say mini stroke, usually what we're referring to is something in the hospital you're here called a transient ischemic attack, a TIA, which is basically a temporary stroke syndrome. And those symptoms may completely go away or they may recur repeatedly, but we use that to describe symptoms that aren't lasting yet. And they're concerning just because we know that people who experience mini strokes or TIAs are at higher risk to go on and experience permanent strokes as well as other bad outcomes. And that may happen as soon as within the next few days. And so one of our concerns is that somebody's symptoms go away and they decide they don't need to come to the hospital. We would always urge you to come be evaluated because there's testing and other risk factor modification that we can do to help prevent more permanent disability. If someone's having a stroke, are there also certain things that shouldn't be done until medical people arrive? Absolutely. You know, along the lines of those, those mini strokes, that's one of the things that commonly tempts people to wait. And so I think waiting is one of the big ones. People decide they'd rather sleep it off, see if symptoms go away, and they feel better in the morning. And by that time, they're already out of our window for consideration for possible treatment in the emergency department. Drowsiness, sleepiness may even be a part of a stroke symptom at onset. And so you may be dealing with a family member or a loved one who's telling you they, they just feel like they need to go to sleep. And it's really important to urge them to come and be evaluated. Another one I would say is giving anything by mouse. There's a temptation sometimes to give water, maybe make them feel better, have them eat something, or to give a medication like aspirin, which may end up being part of stroke treatment. But because we don't always know up front which type of stroke somebody is experiencing, whether it's hemorrhagic and caused by bleeding somewhere, in which case that aspirin may make things worse. Understood. So finally, Mercy Medical Center is actually nationally recognized by the American Heart Association for its commitment to providing high-quality stroke care, awarded the 2022 Gold Plus Get With The Guidelines Stroke Quality Achievement Award. So tell me, Doc, what makes your team so effective at treating strokes, would you say? I would say we really emphasize rapid action as soon as we're suspicious that a stroke has occurred. We have a very streamlined process as part of being a stroke center for doing all these evaluations. You show up to the emergency department, you're going to have a whole team of personnel immediately rushing to be part of this. You'll have a nurse, you'll have the physician, you'll have a radiology tech ready to walk you to our CT scan. Really all focused on the goal of identifying a stroke and identifying somebody who may benefit from the treatments that we have to offer. We hold ourselves to a high standard, and you know, we do a lot of work as far as case review, trying to identify places where we could speed up that process and improve in any way possible, help people get the best outcome possible. And the proof is in the pudding. You're obviously doing a very effective job at it. Well, folks, we trust you're now more familiar with pre-hospital stroke recognition and emergency care. Dr. Zachary Bowles, thanks so much again. Thanks for having me. It was a pleasure. Same here. And for more information about Mercy Medical Center Stroke Program, please visit DignityHealth.org forward slash Merced forward slash stroke. Again, DignityHealth.org forward slash Merced 
forward slash stroke. If you found this podcast helpful, please do share it on your social media. Thanks again for listening to Hello Healthy, a Dignity Health podcast. Hoping your health is good health. I'm Joey Wallace.